0: Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielas. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I chatted with Jared Lopes, the host of the Dad Tired Podcast, about loving the dads in our lives well. I really wanted to do this episode in honor of Father's Day, which is actually this Sunday if you aren't tracking. I know many of us have mixed emotions when it comes to a day like Father's Day. Some of us had incredible fathers, others of us didn't, while still others didn't even have the opportunity to know their dad. Whatever feelings we maintain toward a holiday like this, they can all be overcome by delighting in this reality— We don't need a perfect earthly father because we have a perfect heavenly father who adopted us through his son, Jesus. As his daughters, we are the children of a father who is worthy of all celebration. Jared did a great job of encouraging us to glorify God this Father's Day by loving and honoring the men in our lives exactly where they are, no matter how great or poor their example. So you'll know him a little better Jared is a Christian pastor and the founder of Dad Tired, a nonprofit ministry focused on equipping men to lead their families well. He hosts the weekly Dad Tired podcast, and he also authored Stop Behaving, a gospel-centered devotional for men. If you don't have a copy or a Father's Day gift, it'd be a great one, and you can actually get it on two-day shipping on Amazon Prime. Jared and his wife Layla live in Portland, Oregon with their two children, where they're also certified foster parents. I cannot wait for you to hear from him today on the topic of loving our dads well. Now, on to my conversation with Jared Lopes. Jared, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm excited to get to sit in the closet and chat with you today. It looks like you're in a smaller space than usual today as well. Is that correct? I am. I'm working from my
1: mother-in-law's house. I work typically from home, which is awesome, except like As we get closer to the summer, my kids are home more. I love it so much, but (laughs) it's really hard to get work done. So do
0: your mother-in-law, father-in-law, do they live near you guys?
1: Yeah. Fortunately, uh, all of Layla's family lives like 10 minutes away, which is great for us. And they're so helpful.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, Jared, you are the host of a wonderful little community slash podcast called Dad Tired. And I had the privilege of being on your show a couple of weeks ago for Mother's Day. And this episode is in honor of Father's Day and all that comes with that. And we want to talk a lot about how we can love our dads well. So it's kind of fun to flip the coins, turn the tables and get to talk about things from your perspective. And my husband, Brooks, listened to my interview on your show. And of course, we've been friends since before recording, and I've been encouraging him to listen to your podcast. But that was really his first opportunity to listen. And now he is absolutely hooked on Dad Tired, Jared. He's like a Dad oh, Tired wow. junkie. And he's <laughs> telling me that he wants to start this whole thing of doing candlelit dinners. He said that that's oh, like nice. a big thing. Is that is that something that I haven't ever, I've listened to a lot of your episodes and I haven't ever interacted with that idea. So I was like, oh, tell me, baby.
1: Yeah. we. So I read a book called The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. Yeah. And the book is basically like helping people figure out how to put technology in its proper place. It's way less about like screen time and more about like theologically and from like a gospel perspective. What role does technology play? It was really, really good. One of my favorite books I've read this year.
0: Didn't you have him on your show?
1: I did. yeah. Yeah.
0: I thought I saw that. I need to listen to that interview.
1: Yep. So one of the things he talks about and the, the, some of the practices that he does as a family is that every night they turn off all the – well, every night that's like possible. They turn off every light and device and they just do a candlelight dinner, candlelit dinner. And his kids loved it. And I'm like, that's such a simple, easy way to like create a cool memory with your kids that doesn't yeah. involve technology. And so we've been doing it in our family and it's like the high, our kids tell everyone, every time someone comes over, they immediately start turning off all the lights and lighting <laughs> the candles and all of our friends are like, what the heck is going on? I'm like, what? <laughs> what the you heck? guys are like, yes,
0: yeah. I have interacted with that idea before, but it's traditionally not come from like Christian circles. I think there's a whole thing about wanting like your body to wind down in the evening evening. Have you heard of this? And like you turn Uh, off the lights and anyways, I know that's not what you're getting at.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been fun. It's
0: been a really fun. I mean, it doesn't matter
1: if like you're eating mac and cheese or you've created like a really fancy meal, like just the idea of turning off technology and yes. something about being around a fire that he he made an interesting point that like the only thing that could glow before technology was like fire.
0: Wow. Um, yeah. But
1: now we have like glowing screens in front of us all yeah. the time and it mesmerizes us the same way that a fire used to mesmerize people. Yeah. And there's something kind of mesmerizing about just like, Watching a flame and like having rich conversation. Anyway, it, that is so it's cool. Good.
0: Well, we're gonna yeah. check it out. We don't have a candle yet, but we did do technology free everything like for the past week after birth. listened to your podcast. So I'm so thankful awesome. for. I know cool. it's just so cool, and and I hope that the women listening will encourage their spouses, even if they're not dads yet, to listen to your show. Because I'm a mom and I listen to your show. Like there have been so many episodes that I've personally found encouraging because it's really not just for dads. Wouldn't you say that?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I try to keep in mind that our main audience is husbands and dads, but yeah. really, I mean, as you know, the gospel is like, it doesn't matter who you are, man. It, it applies it messes to with everybody. every
0: circumstance. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to remind myself the, of the gospel and remind other people of it. So, it doesn't really matter who you are.
0: You know, I hope that that's kind of what our episode will do today, just to encourage people in the gospel. But before we get there, I'd love for you to share just a little bit about your own family and how long you've been a dad and where you guys are at and what you do on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah. So I, my wife and I have been married since 2010. We have uh, our son, who is going to be seven this week, and our daughter, who is close to being five. And then we foster Sometimes we have some foster babies with us as well. So the last foster daughter that we had um, got to go home and be with her family, which is really, really cool and hard for us, but beautiful. Yeah. So that was really fun. And then nobody knows this, not even my audience, but my wife is pregnant. Oh my goodness. Congratulations.
0: How far along is she? (laughs) We'll let your audience be the first. to know. That's awesome.
1: She is 13 weeks.
0: Oh, so she just kind of made it out of that first trimester. Yep.
1: Yep. Congratulations.
0: That's very exciting, Jared. Are you guys going to continue to foster while she's pregnant, or is that something you guys are still discussing?
1: Yeah, so we're doing short term, uh, like emergency. So if they need someone just for a night or two um, until they can figure out a long term plan. But we were originally signed up for long term, but we said, I I think we need to figure out how we have room in the house to do that.
0: Totally. Figure out what Um, we're doing. I know the adjustment, I think you and I talked about this on our show. The adjustment from one to two was a little bit of a shocker for me. And so I can only imagine, like, you want that space to be able to figure out what you're doing when you have it. Welcome another little person into your home.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to give my wife the gift of stability, which I'm not I have I don't have a good track record of doing that for her because I move I love to move, I love yeah. to start jobs, I love to start businesses, blah blah blah. And so I'm just trying to like give her some stability with this baby. You
0: know, yes. Like, okay. Tell us about your other jobs and where you guys are located. So We live in Portland, Oregon,
1: and uh, I host the Dad Tired podcast part-time, although it feels way more like full-time than part-time.
0: <laughs> is it not so um, much more than you expected?
1: It is a ton of work, a lot. Um, but life-giving work. Totally. I, totally Worth my, it. My body is tired. My soul is not tired. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to dad tired stuff. Um, and then I own a branding company that helps businesses look good online. So anything from videos to logos to websites.
0: It's awesome. Well, so you've been a dad for, did you say your oldest is seven? Yes. So you've been a dad for seven years. What's it like to live out the role of being a dad?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting is I thought that I w- I've I'm kind of a weird guy in the sense that I like dreamt about having a family and having being a dad from the time I was young. Aww. I don't know if that, I don't know if like normal dudes think like that. Yeah. But, uh, I think some of that was in response to me not having a dad growing up, and I would really? kind of have these like childhood fantasies in my mind of what it would be like to like be a good dad. Which mm. looking back is like really sad. That know? is, like, yeah. Kids should not have to have those kinds of daydreams, but yeah. um, but that's what I was doing. I was like thinking through like, man, I can't wait till I get to be a husband and dad and be a really good dad that I don't have. Man, that's like really, I didn't, I never like said that out loud. It's much sadder. Yeah, it is. It is really heartbreaking.
0: (laughs) But Jared, I'm like, I didn't know that about you, but it makes me even happier that we're discussing this topic because I know so many people who are listening are in that circumstance or who didn't grow up with a father. And that's part of my hope for this episode that we would be able to encourage them in that.
1: Yep, totally. Yeah. So I just, um, I didn't, I. I was really excited to be a husband dad. And then I got married. We got married pretty young. I think I was like 21, really? 22 when yeah. we got married. And, um, which that I guess is. That is young Christian for your world, part of
0: the country. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In the Christian world, it's like normal. But yeah, in uh, Texas, especially on the everybody's West Coast. like, well, that yeah.
0: might be a little late. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Texas is its own place, man. Yes, anyway. Yes. So I got married young and we started having uh, kids pretty quickly into our marriage. And I I realized, like, Uh, Being a dad and being a husband, as much as I had these really grand ambitions, is a lot harder than I thought. And I can't really like fake it. And I kind of learned like I'm good at like kind of winging things in my life. (laughs) And being a dad and a husband isn't something you can just like wing.
0: Totally, because you're like on all the time. It's not just right. something that you go in and you do for like five hours. Even it's something that you're constantly doing. So you can't fake it because it is like you a reflection of who you are. I think more than most things in life.
1: And it exposes. That's exactly right. And it exposes who I am. Like it. I think God uses our children to bring out
0: oh, uh, yes. our
1: sin and to expose. Like oh, yes. I didn't realize I was so selfish. I didn't realize I have like a little bit of a temper. I didn't realize yeah. like. I'm not very patient. Um, And my kids and being married did that. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I am not the husband and dad that I had dreamt about as a kid. I, I need help in this.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. I resonated with your episode on like, we're out of control. You talked about this on your show. You shared how you haven't really traditionally struggled with anger and i've talked about this on my show so many times i struggle with anger as a mother <laughs> it's because of the like the feeling of losing control and that was just like such a helpful episode for me so i totally resonate with what you're saying like i've seen sides of myself that are really ugly sides of myself that i'm not proud of so what is the ideal for fatherhood? Like when you're talking about like you had all these ideas about what it would look like, maybe let's flesh that out even in a biblical sense. Like what would it look like for us to do the role of fathering or mothering really well?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that what I'm learning again, I'm like a rookie dad, so I'm I'm learning so much. But one thing that I'm learning is that God is using our children to make us more like him. And that is like really intentionally designed, you know, he didn't create perfect parents to raise perfect children. Raise. Uh, we, are, we are sinful, broken, flawed people trying to raise children to love Jesus. And so he's using all things, uh, our circumstances, uh, everything around us, but especially our children and our marriage to make us more like him. And so I think that that's one like Okay, what's the point of being a mom or a dad? As well, God's using it for our good and for His glory. Yeah. Um. So that's one piece, but I think the second piece is that we, especially as dads, I'll speak from the dad perspective, is we get to give our kids a glimpse of the heavenly Father, the better Father. Yeah. And that is where I think most of us guys—that's where I got hung up because I realized really quickly, like, oh man. I'm not the kind of dad I thought I was going to be. I had like everyone else, I had pictured myself as like the perfect dad. And then quickly, I realized, you know, before I had kids (laughs) and then I had kids and I'm like, oh, geez, I'm not the perfect dad. Um, Uh, And that can bring a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. Until I realized, like, my role is not to be the perfect father, but to point them to the perfect father. Yes. Um, to give them glimpses, to point them back to a daddy who's better than daddy. And I'm always saying that to my kids, like, like baby girl, like son, there, there's a better daddy than daddy. And like, you must trust in him. You must go to him. I am submitted to his authority. And I, I had to just go ask my father, my heavenly father, forgiveness. And I'm asking you for yes. forgiveness. But I'm trying to like model to them, like, dude, dad is not the ultimate. there's a better dad than dad.
0: Yes. And how refreshing that is. I mean, I think about hearing that as a child and I don't know, it's just, it points you to the gospel. And that's, I think that's another one of our roles is to point them to Jesus. Like you're saying, like, I think I had the misconception that me doing it perfectly would point them to their heavenly father. Yeah, But it's like, I actually have so many more opportunities, the more imperfectly I execute the role to say, look away, like, don't look to mommy and elevate and escalate who mommy is. Like, let's look away from mommy and let's look to Jesus because mommy is like in desperate need of his grace in the same way that you are. But it's such a humbling process. Like, how do you do this, Jared, like consistently (laughs) when you're coming up against like the reality of failure? And when you really like, I, I don't know about you, but whenever I am struggling with anger, for example... Like I just I want to repent and to walk away from it and not to walk in it again and not to have mm-hmm. to like go through that process again, but like what is your hope as you're pointing them to the gospel and yet you're also experiencing like real failure and and real sin in your own life as a dad?
1: yeah, I think so one thing that i it's so God will use it, things in such funny ways, like I'll give my son or daughter both of them you know this what feels like this long, eloquent lesson on patience and humility and not <laughs> acting out in your emotions. I'm and laughing because you know, I know where <laughs> you're going
0: with this. <laughs> you know,
1: the, the next hour I'm screaming, you know, at them and I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're just staring at me like, what is going on? I thought that you just said, you know, and so, um, there are so many times, if not daily, for sure weekly. Sure. I'm like going to my kids and saying, Daddy yeah. messed up. I had to ask Jesus for forgiveness. That is not how we act when we're angry. And I'm really sorry. Um, and will you forgive me? I just asked Jesus to forgive me and I'm asking that you'll forgive me. Um, so that, I mean, that that's like a, honestly, a very regular occurrence in my house. Yeah. It's just constantly mm-hmm. humbling myself to ask for forgiveness from both God and from my kids. And the other thing is, uh, my kid, kind of on a practical level, I always tell my kids: we, everyone feels emotion. All of us feel emotion, whatever right. Wherever you fall on the emotional scale, I always tell my kids, like. The anger, the angry, because <laughs> we talk in like four year old and six year old terms, but I say yeah. the angry goes away in like thirty minutes. <laughs> you know, like if you need yeah. a minute to yourself or you need to go outside and go on the swing, like uh, daddy, I, I always tell my kids like Daddy knows that my angry will go away in about thirty minutes, which scientifically has been proven, like the way the blood flows in your brain. Huh. Um, it actually takes about thirty minutes from that from that adrenaline to wear down, and okay. you can move back this to your is like, so helpful. Yeah. Yeah, but it's actually really helpful in marriage, too, because if you're in the heat of an argument, uh, especially for guys, it, it literally, like scientifically, pr- they've proven it's about 30 minutes where adrenaline will come down and blood will flow back to the, back to the part of the brain that allows you to make logical decisions where you're not wow. emotional. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is the time when you just have a totally like screen time, I don't know, get out of jail free card and you just say, okay, mommy's bad. So here you go, kids, 30 minute TV show. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Take your 30 minute episode of Peppa Pig or whatever.
0: (laughs) No, but seriously, I think so often I will like put my hope in those periods of like, if I am feeling angry, I'll look to like a tangible, I don't know, kind of earthly hope. What hope? should we be looking to in those moments when we do experience failure? Not not just like the Peppa Pig 30-minute episode. I mean, that practically <laughs> yeah. can be helpful. But yeah. when when we give our kids a break, where should we look You know, for our hope in that moment?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, our hope is in the good news that Jesus didn't bail on us and that he doesn't bail on us, that he didn't just save us once, uh, but he continues to save us and so our hope is that it, whether our kids are messing up or i'm messing up that i as much as my kids get to go to a father that's going to forgive them i get to go back to a father that forgives me and mm. lavishes his grace back on me yeah. and continues saving me and then when it, when my ugliness of my soul is brought up whether through a I'm angry or I lose my temper or I say something sharp, whatever, when that's right. exposed, instead of having to sit in shame from that, because like, oh crap, look at the depths of my soul. It's really jacked up. It's really messy. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: there could be a lot of shame attached to that. But the good news is like Jesus took it. Jesus doesn't, mm. his, his value and love for me mm-hmm. is not based on that moment, but what he did on the cross. And so he's always looking at me as a righteous um, and not as like this wicked, sinful person, not because I'm obviously doing anything crazy, righteous, but just because of Uh what he's put, he's transferred that righteousness to me. And so my hope is that there's just, that I can sit in grace and say, okay, God, thank you for not (laughs) loving me based on my junk. Um, Uh but Thank you for Uh loving me based on your sacrifice. Uh Uh, You know, and I try to, uh, for my kids, I I told my son, he actually told like a really blatant lie to me the other day, uh, which I think that might've been the first time he ever like straight up just lied, Uh you know? Um, and so I was trying to figure out how to handle that and deal with that. And, um, it's a big deal. Obviously we don't want our kids to like learn to be liars. And so when he came to me, he finally confessed and he looked me in the eye and he said, I'm sorry, daddy, will you forgive me? In that moment, I realized like, I'm angry at him lying, blatantly lying. But the the greatest thing I can do for him right now to point him to Jesus
0: uh-huh. is
1: to say like, dude, uh, I forgive you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I love you, and we don't have to talk about it anymore, because that's what God does for us. Mm. I mean, obviously there are consequences to sins, but as far as like when it comes to forgiveness with Jesus, he says like it's it's done, it's literally done. He's not holding it over our heads anymore, and that I want to show that kind of love to my kids because I wanted to keep bringing it up
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. But God doesn't keep bringing it up, you know. So Man,
0: isn't it encouraging how God has just set up all of life where we get to continually refresh ourselves with the reminder of his grace? Like we do, we fail, but the beauty in that is that we continually get to look our faces to Jesus. And then, man, do you not just like glory in what he's done for us? And as families, we get to do that together. And like, then you look at these opportunities for failure and for discipline as really opportunities for rejoicing and reconciliation and worship as a family. And I just am so thankful for that, but it's so hard to keep our minds like, like, thinking about it as a joy and as a delight, because sometimes it just feels really burdensome. So how can we as families, how can we as daughters, how can we as wives to fathers, how can we encourage one another in this endeavor?
1: Yeah, I. you know, my my wife uh, has come to me when I've been in like spiritually rough spots where I'm not feeling close to Jesus and maybe I'm uh, kind of in seasons of just sin and rebellion from God. And Whenever somebody comes to you, especially like a wife role and says like, how are you doing with Jesus? Usually that means like, hey, I can tell you're not close to Jesus. (laughs) It's a really threatening question. Mm. Um, And so I... uh, I always, I know this is like not a very practical answer, but in many ways, if we're, if we trust the scriptures, it is, um, I just believe that we have to be actually praying for our spouses yes. because we cannot change their hearts.
0: Totally. I cannot
1: change my wife's heart. You cannot change your husband's heart. The only heart changer is Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, and, and so th- we must go to the one who can change hearts. And it is an actual practical thing. Like we need to dedicate time yeah. to praying for our spouses yeah. that, that God is continually capturing their capturing their heart.
0: So tell me this. Is it an intimidating question to say, How can I pray for you?
1: Uh I don't think so. I don't think so. And it's all about posture, you know? Like yeah. how do you how do you present if you're in the middle of a fight, <laughs> it's like, well, I'm gonna go pray for you, you know, I'm gonna go pray that God changes your heart. Cause Ooh, obviously that would you're make far me hot. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, so it's timing and posture and you know it's uh, but no that's not an intimidating question that's our threatening question that's a I mean there, there were many times my wife would do that um and and just say I just want you to know I'm praying for you and uh it's hard to be mad when somebody says that to you especially when they're like humbly saying that to you.
0: Yeah, totally. You mad and you can that. tell you can tell like you're saying where they're coming from when they're asking that question and kind of what their motivation is in asking. So are there any other practicals of like how we might really be able to breathe grace into the men in our life?
1: Yeah, I think that I think that husbands uh, generally. This is not true of everyone, obviously, but I think generally men, we really like to fix things, and so if there if we're presented with opportunities to to problem solve in some way. We feel this level of respect, like we're respected and we're valued. Which there's whole books on this. Love and respect is a big one. Yeah, but there's there's these whole schools of thought that you know men just are longing to feel respected, and so um, if you can figure out creative ways to invite your husband to lead you in certain areas, he will feel a sense of duty that's like good and honorable and uh, many men will step up to that occasion. Um, and so for like my wife to say, Hey babe, will you like lead us in reading the Bible together f- throughout the year? So like we can go through the whole Bible together. There's a sense of like, now I don't want to let her down. I, I want to lead her. Well, she's, she's positioning me in a way that I can be, I can step up as a spiritual leader, even though it wasn't my idea. She initiated that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, things like that. Would you mind just praying for me? That's a really simple one. That's like, Hey babe, I'm, I'm, I don't even know what to say to God right now. I'm just feeling like I'm struggling. Would you just take a minute to pray for me? These kinds of things allow us to step up in ways that I think God desires us to step up.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and just to feel respected. Like you men love to be needed.
0: So tell me this. I imagine that there are some people listening who are going to test this out and their spouse might say no. What would you suggest if that is the case? If he's just unwilling or feels threatened by that, like what would a gracious response be if there is like a level of rejection when you do humbly ask your spouse to to step up and to lead you in that capacity?
1: Yeah, well, first come join the dad-tired community because there's a lot of guys who are screwing up over there to encourage him to come do that. And yeah, <laughs> uh, that was somewhat facetious. Obviously, he probably wouldn't want to join some. <laughs>
0: yeah, he would <I'd> be like, <laughs> you, you know, and, yes. I mean, it, it, there's so much. I mean, I get this all the time, Jared, like, and your devotional that you've written is a great one. But some ladies are like, what can I do to encourage my husband, you know? And, and they want so badly to do that. But sometimes it's just not received for whatever reason. Like, help us us help us know how to respond when it's not received like should we stop like trying in that capacity or what should we do
1: some woman just commented on something on facebook maybe our facebook page or something and said that she bought that devotional for her husband hoping that he'd read it and his heart would change and uh, she said it still just sits on his nightstand every night he's never even flipped over one page you know so yeah I, i get that i get that there's lots of women in that scenario i will say this that uh, and again, this is probably not going to be the most satisfactory answer because it it's not super tangible. But there was a season of our lives where I was far from God. I was rebelling against God. We were married. Uh, I just felt so selfish. I I, I was doing things to um, just pursue the things that I wanted to do with really no regard for my wife and my family. I was far from God, really far, probably the furthest I've ever been. It was a dark yeah. season of our life. And uh, my wife and I were in the middle of a fight, um, which seemed to be kind of regular at that time. And we were in the middle, we were standing in our bedroom and my wife looked at me in the eyes and she had tears going in her eyes. And she said, Jared, I just want you to know that every morning I set my alarm for 2 a.m. and I wake up and I go into the Living room, and I just lay on my face and I pray that God would capture your heart again. And I think that goes back to what we were just talking about that my wife recognized like she could not change my heart, right? And she couldn't get me to just behave better. And even if she could get me to behave better, that wouldn't last. Like she knew that she needed my. God to change my heart. And, um, and God answered her prayer and not yeah. like overnight, you know? Um, and there are going to be many women who are going to pray maybe for years. Um, but we, I don't know what else to tell people except to go to one yeah. that can actually change hearts. You know, you're not going to yeah. get your husband to automatically like pull himself up by his bootstraps and like be this like pastor husband. All of a sudden his heart needs to be radically changed by the only one that can radically change his heart.
0: Yeah, that's such a good reminder because so often, I don't know if women want to think, we, we want to maybe just tell people what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like just instead to beg the Lord, um, who's the only one who can change our hearts, as you said, to do that for His glory and for our husband's good and for our family's good what is it that encourages you as a spouse to grow in godliness obviously seeing your wife praying for you has been huge is there anything else that we could do that might encourage our spouse to like seek the lord with all his heart soul mind and strength
1: yeah i i think that um Pray. (laughs) It's going to be like this. Practical
0: (laughs) application. (laughs) Number one resource. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I
1: think that, um, well, I'll just want to say this on this kind of that last point is to not pray is to kind of silently declare that you have more control over your situation or your husband than Jesus does. And that's kind of a hard way of saying that, but uh, that's essentially what we do in any application when we don't pray. We're saying, I think I can handle this better than Jesus can. And so I don't need Mm. to go to him. Uh, and we're all husbands, wives, students, everyone's guilty of that. Uh, so that's why we pray. It's praying is us saying that we are not a good God and we must go to a good God. So I wanted to say that before I move on. Yeah,
0: that's really good.
1: I think, um, the ways that wives or women can encourage men in their life, I won't repeat the whole thing because I just shared it, but really that respect, like how can you make your husband feel like he is valuable, that God has wired him in a certain way, whether he's the most outspoken guy in the room or he's the sharpest but quietest guy in the room, how yeah. can you really affirm his gifts the way that God has seen it, like even just saying, and I know this might be hard for some women who don't have the words of affirmation gift. Um, but, but just really trying to say like, Hey, I see God has wired you like this and you're good at it. And Mm. just affirming that like you're men and boys so much just want to hear. I have what it takes. I'm a 31-year-old mm. man and I'm still trying to like grasp onto somebody telling me that because I didn't have a dad tell me that when I was young. But like mm. you have what it takes. I see it in you. I'm proud of you. I love you. I submit. I follow with you. Right. You know, those kinds of things. It makes us as men feel like, okay, we got this. You, somebody, yeah. the person who lives with me and knows me best, sees something in me that maybe I don't even see in myself right now.
0: Yeah. It encourages you to continue doing that. I mean, what about like saying thank you? Like that's something I try to do with Brooks when even just like a simple thing around the house, this isn't necessarily like spiritual, but just making sure that anytime he takes initiative and does anything around the house, that is a blessing to me. Instead of being like, finally, you took that trash out. (laughs) I'm like, dude, babe, you blessed me. Like, thank you so much for taking that trash out. That is one of my least favorite things to do. And I am so grateful.
1: Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. My wife... And this will help be different for every marriage, obviously, and in every circumstance because everyone's
0: Right. So Everyone unique, has their like, things. Yeah. yeah.
1: But my wife, one thing that she's been doing a lot, she legitimately uses the words I need you in certain scenarios, not not in like uh, an unhealthy way, right? But like, I see the way that God's wired your giftings and how they're different than mine, and I need that part of you, kind of way. It, the reason this is so big is because mm. Layla is like super independent. The reality yeah. is she she doesn't need me. <laughs> like she yeah. she is a strong woman, and that intimidated me. It was super attractive, but also really intimidating. Yeah, uh, as a man, because I'm like, do you like do you need me for anything? Like I want I want to. I want to protect you and provide for you. and but this is like a strong woman who could like fend for herself. you know, she's a really strong. Mm. And so now I because she recognizes how important that is to me, even in the little things, like she's a good information gatherer. So like if we go get a new set of tires, she'll go do research on like she'll get all the information <laughs> on tires. That's amazing. yeah. <laughs> because I hate details and I hate information. I don't want to spend all the time. I just want to make quick decision decisions. Right. But what she does Check is she brings, yeah, she brings me the information and she's like, babe, you you're a better decision maker than me. Mm. I need you to make this decision.
0: And I Man, feel so good.
1: respected in my gifting, you know? And that's like, I mean, we're—it's dumb. We're talking about tires, but we—that can apply to anything, like kids, finances, what meal planning, following Jesus, what church should we go to, like all of that. Uh, She she kind of lobs the ball back in my court. I see the way God's gifted you, and I need you to help me in this area. And I feel like super respected, and I want to step up and lead in ways that God wants me to lead.
0: That is so encouraging, especially for all my mill spouse listeners, because we have this really awkward experience of actually having to do it all by ourselves for like maybe even a year at a time. And so that shift from taking care of everything to then walking back into, you know, this kind of mutual dependence and need for one another is really awkward. Mm. So I think that's going to be a really huge practical application for a lot of our listeners. And I'm personally really grateful for that, because even just thinking about parenting practically, I have a lot more time to read and intake information, listen to podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, because Brooks has such a busy schedule. And we found ourselves having some conflict over that because I've thought, well, you're the leader of the house. Like, you know, can you read the books? Let us know what we need to do. But like, it could be really helpful for me to just take that time, gather the information and then humbly submit it to him and be like, listen, you're a great decision maker. Here's like what I'm reading. What are your thoughts on this?
1: I think that would mean the world to him. I mean, I don't even know your husband, obviously, but I bet you that would mean the world to him.
0: Yeah, I'm stoked. Thank you so much for that. Well, I'd love to speak to the women who find themselves married to a harsh man, or maybe to a daughter who looks back on her upbringing with disappointment, or maybe even to somebody who is in the circumstances that you personally had, where they just didn't have, like an absent father, they didn't have anybody. What encouragement do you have for them?
1: Yeah. So I will give like a practical answer and then kind of a more theological answer. So my practical answer, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't grow up with my dad around. I didn't, I never really felt super angry with my dad and I found that to be pretty common for a lot of people whose dads were absent. We give our dads a lot of grace. It seems, especially uh, women, women t- seem, seem to give their dad a lot of grace. Mm. Um, mm. I've noticed as I was pastoring in the pastor church world, but um uh, Anyway, I, n- I never really felt super angry with my dad. But as I became a dad, especially when my son hit three years old, which was the age my dad left,
0: mm. I had all
1: these new emotions. Like,
0: Yeah, that's intense. F- yeah, it was
1: the first time I was like, I can't imagine leaving my Breathing, son.
0: Leaving, yeah. Yeah. And, and
1: that was the first time I, I, I felt this feeling like, dad, how could you do that? Like how, yeah. what was going through your mind that could, would make you leave at this yeah. age? And it was actually in the middle. My son was about that age, right, in the middle as I was going through really some of that hard stuff. And I was already kind of trying to be really introspective. I had started seeing a counselor and, like, just pulling out, you know, all the junk of my life at, at the yeah. same time. So in the middle of all that, my dad actually came up from California where I grew up to visit in Portland, and he asked if we could do lunch with the family. So we're at lunch, we're at this super nice restaurant, it's like 40 stories over Portland, it's beautiful, it's got this, you know, it's just a nice scene. And I'm feeling this like tightness in my chest, like I need to ask my dad why he left, (laughs) which is going to make the conversation really awkward. Super
0: hard, yeah. Yeah,
1: And but it was like one of those moments where I was just like, I can't not do this. And so I just said like, I'm like dad. I'm not mad at you at all. I love you so much, but I just need. Man, I could get like choked up thinking about
0: this. I, I'm crying. So <laughs> go for it. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. So I just asked my dad. I'm like, dad. You know how? Um. I just need to know, like, what was going through your mind when you left? Yeah. You know, like what what was going through your mind? Uh. And my dad. You know, I think it caught him off guard, but he. He was so humble. I think God, in his grace, allowed him to be at a place to hear that question at that time in his life. And he was so humble. And he just said, You know, Jared, I think about it every single day, and I regret it. Oh my gosh. And he said, "I'm so sorry. i don't ha- I don't have any excuse for you. And um, you know, and he kind of explained some stuff that was going on in his life, But he owned it. And he just said, "I'm sorry." And uh, wow. I, I regret it every day. And it was God used that moment as such a healing moment. Healing, like me and yes. my dad talk often now. We call each wow. other often. He wants to hear wow. he's even exploring faith for the first time in his life. He's asking me all kinds of questions about Jesus, like God is making that really messy long season of my life. And he's starting to make it beautiful. He's like Golly. turning it into a garden. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's so good. Wow. Um, so wow. yeah, I would say to the wives and to the people who didn't grow up with a dad around, um, or maybe have bitterness towards like, man, I would just say, pray for a long time that God would give you, a soft place in your heart that you might be able to approach him if he's still alive. I think that's, it's really important and that you would be able to do it. Like if you're, if you're so angry that you can't do it without just like blowing up, then maybe it's not the time, but maybe God by his grace would give you a soft place that you could bring that conversation up and put your dad in a situation where he can hear it. And God somehow in his sovereignty can do that miraculously And so that would be my first encouragement. Um,
0: This is very reminiscent too of our very first episode ever of the Journey Mm -hmm. Women podcast. And so if people, if this is resonating with anyone, I would encourage them to go back. Although the execution is shoddy on my part, Carrie Langemeyer did an excellent job talking about forgiveness with her her earthly father. And Mm. I think that's such a big deal. And this is just, this is so close to home for so many people. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Can you also expound upon whether we have have a dad who maybe knocked it out of the park and who did excellently and who just very much like yourself, Jared, who's just trying so hard to show their children the gospel, or whether we had an absent father like you experienced, or whether we have a dad who's just kind of mediocre, like what is our ultimate hope for all of us, like regardless of what type of father we are or what type of father we had?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think the foundation of me being able to approach my dad in that way was really starting to understand that I have a better father and yes. that my hope is not in my dad. And yes. that foundation gives me the grace. Um, And that's true for everyone. Like Jesus is better, period, than whatever we're putting our hope right. in. He's better. And so whether I was just, I was literally just telling this to my wife yesterday. She's having a hard time at work. Um, and I was telling her, like, you have a better boss. We serve a God who's a better mm. provider. And that's like, that's what's true whether your dad was awesome or whether right. he's not awesome. That's why Jesus said, it's a rock that doesn't shift. Like it's, it's a foundation that's like building your foundation on a rock and not sinking sand because everything else, even your awesome dad, is sinking sand. It's yes. like it will not stand up. <laughs> Ultimately, uh, at some point, everything will fail us except Jesus. And that's our yes. hope. Whether we've got the best dad or the worst dad, uh, we can approach either of them because we're standing on a rock that doesn't shift.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then we can look back on our circumstances and maybe even rejoice in a way that we haven't been able to rejoice in the past because we see that You know, though we hope for and pray for and long for uh, an earthly dad who loves Jesus and who wants to point us to Him, God in His kindness can use our circumstances to draw us nearer to Himself, even if they aren't the way that we think they ought to be. And so we can rejoice and thank Him for those. And then we can extend forgiveness, you know, like you're saying, because we're receiving that forgiveness from the Father ourselves and extending it into the lives of those who are also in our sphere. And so I just want everybody who's listening to be encouraged that we don't need a perfect earthly father because we have this perfect heavenly father, like you said, who adopted us through his son, Jesus. And as his daughters, we are the children of a father who is worthy of all celebration. And so we can glorify him and love him and honor all the men in our life, no matter how well they're doing exactly where they are because of what Christ has done for us. And so Father's Day is an opportunity to rejoice and to celebrate regardless of the performance of the fathers in our life.
1: Mm, Man, that's good.
0: I definitely want to pub your book here because I think it'd just be a great Father's Day gift. Mm. You can get it on Amazon. It's a gospel-centered devotional for men. So that's a resource that I'd like to recommend. But what are three things that you would recommend for somebody who wants to love the husbands or fathers in their lives well?
1: Oh, geez. So I think, um, okay, let me be somewhat pastory and churchy a new Bible is really cool. I know that's like, yes. day, but it's really cool. And it really can motivate a guy to like get back in the word. This sounds terrible and very like first world reality. Yeah, yeah, care, yeah. But, but I buy a new Bible almost every year just because I love to like get a new Bible and be motivated again to read through it.
0: Yeah, yeah um, I um, do so too.
1: Obviously, that's a luxury that not everybody gets. Um, but if you can do it, get a new Bible. It's and And so I would, personally recommend the ESV uh, like a, they, have, they make a real nice leather study Bible for, yeah. uh, it's, it's for men or women obviously but it, it it's just
0: really cool
1: for the guys it, it's really it's a great Bible so the ESV study Bible if you can get it like leather that's a good solid yes. gift for a for a dad um, yes. I would say uh, maybe another gift would be f- what is his um, for lack of better words love language so if he's super extroverted okay what situation could you – what experience could you give him that would give him uh, just – let him live out his extrovert <laughs> stuff yeah. is there a favorite band that he would love to like maybe he hasn't seen a concert since he's had kids um could you go with him to a concert could you set up a babysitter could you send him with some guys to maybe a sports game where he could just go be around a lot of people and make loud noises and cheer and sing or whatever he likes to do that's a good gift for an extrovert not an introvert typically so maybe right. if he's introverted go the opposite direction like Hey, babe, we're going to give you the house to yourself for like a whole day. I yeah. booked this hotel room down the street and we're going to go swim at the hotel room pool and you can just like have the house if you want to do yard work or you want to sit and watch games or you want to read a book or like do nothing. The house is yours or like do whatever you want with your time. Just sit. It's our gift to you. We love you. Thanks for being introverted and awesome. You know, like
0: that sounds like my dream.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> what I do actually for my wife. I book a hotel room down the street, take the kids, we swim. That's at genius. And just give her so that's a good oh, thing.
0: That's amazing. Uh okay. cool. But then in addition to that, like what you were saying, I think just giving your husband the gift of like you growing in the word yourself, like this is kind of something that I wanted to mention earlier and forgot, like, is it not an encouragement to see your own spouse instead of like sitting there nagging you, trying to help you grow in your spirituality just to pursue the Lord and to love the Lord, her God with all her heart, soul, mind and strength herself? Totally, totally. Do you find that encouraging? Oh, so encouraging. And that's what I yeah, find the most encouraging yeah. from Brooks like just seeing him get up and uh, pursue like the daily disciplines of like spending time in the word I'm like man that just gives me so much confidence in your leadership knowing that you're seeking to follow Jesus and I want to do that as a spouse for him as well.
1: Yeah, and my son just uh started saying he's been waking up and saying daddy I want to read the bible like you do. Wow. Which oh my gosh, you know I was like Hard explosion. Yeah, hard explosion. So I actually bought him the ESV children's Bible, which is super nice. It's like a nice kind of fake leather Bible yeah. stuff, kids' Bible. It's so nice. Uh, he's always used like children's Bibles and stuff, but right. this is the actual like, Bible, word for word. Bible, yeah. yeah, and he's been reading it with me. It's been a blast.
0: That is so cool. I can't wait till my kids can read. Yeah, I know. That's a whole other thing. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Well, one of the questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show, it feels girly. So every time I ask a guy, I'm kind of like, but (laughs) we ask it anyways. So Jared, do you have three simple joys that you would like to share with us? This is just so we can get to know you a little better.
1: Yes, uh, I do have three simple joys. It's okay for dudes to have simple joys.
0: Yeah, every guy that comes on they're like, "No, I actually love this question." <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I love it. So, I love if I can be fishing, uh I love Aww. to fish. What yeah. type of fishing do you do? Uh me and my son, I take him out uh almost every week when the weather's good and we go bass fishing.
0: Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, we
1: have it's been quite the treat for us. I actually I actually didn't grow up fishing, but my son got into it by like watching a fishing show on TV and I'm like, "Dude, don't watch TV, let's go fish." Uh, that's so awesome. He, he's a great fisherman. He's got more fish than me. But anyway, so that's a great. I love. It's a simple joy to go sit on a dock and cast totally. a line.
0: Uh, I actually love that as well.
1: Yeah. So fishing's really fun. Uh, I love sports, actually. Um, but since being a dad, I very rarely get to watch like a game. We don't have cable either, so. If you don't have cable, it's like impossible to watch. I know,
0: game. stream it. And then you try and like stream it and it's like five seconds delayed, it's right? Terrible. At the exact wrong moment. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible.
1: So, um, but the NBA playoffs are on right now, which is back to normal, no cable TV. So I've been watching like basketball games and that's been uh, really fun for me. And then I also, I, I'm thinking of all kinds now. I didn't realize. I love to hike and kayak. And I also love to coach I like love coaching. I was actually a high school soccer coach for a few years.
0: Oh, that's so Uh, cool.
1: Yeah. Um, Before I had kids. And now I coach little kids because that's that's, that's what I have. It's way less competitive, but I love coaching.
0: That's awesome. I could see you being really good at that. It's such a fun thing to see somebody who's just like a step ahead in the parenting journey because a lot of times I'll have guests on who are like three or four steps ahead like their kids are in high school or maybe even college so you're, you're making me excited for my kids to read and play sports I'm still in the three and the one year old phase <laughs> like
1: yeah I feel like that I don't feel like I'm a step ahead of you but yeah I guess they're like just a little bit older
0: simple joys man it's pretty yeah. cool yeah so who is it Jared that has had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus I love asking guests this just because you know you're encouraging us in our walk with the Lord and I know there's been so many people who have come alongside you and encouraged you as you've as you're seeking to glorify God.
1: Yep, yeah, I've had different, uh, a lot of men over my life in different seasons have come alongside mm. of me and really stepped in uh, and played that kind of fatherly role mm. at different seasons of my life. But I can say without a doubt, the biggest influence that has been on my life, pointing me towards Jesus is without a doubt my wife. Uh, She is steadfast and faithful. She's everything I am not. And she teaches me all the characteristics of God that I didn't know because they're not part of my personality. And she's just so faithful and good and gracious. And uh, yeah, she teaches me a lot about Jesus.
0: Oh, that makes me have tears in my eyes. And ladies, I hope this is just an encouragement to you to like, be that type of wife, just to to seek to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love the gospel, to cherish the gospel, to delight in the gospel, and for that to be a refreshment to your husband and for him to be encouraged to do likewise just by your own pursuit of Jesus. So Jared, thank you for encouraging us to that end today. It's been such a joy to have you on the show.
1: Oh my gosh, I've loved doing it. I'm going to put a teaser in because I want your listeners to start changing your mind. But I think that we should co-host a podcast one day. So uh, (laughs) so for for all the listeners, tell her that's what we should do. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. I told you, if journey women tanks, we're on it. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you, Jared. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Guys, I hope you found this conversation with Jared as insightful as I did. I definitely have some practical applications after this one. Go love the dad in your life, whether it be your husband, your biological or adoptive father, or a man in your life who has become like a father to you. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening so that you don't miss next week's episode with Tiffany Bloom on the topic of loneliness. You guys, it's one of my favorite conversations on the Journey Women podcast. If you're enjoying these conversations, I would absolutely love it if you'd take a few minutes to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. If you don't know how, you can find that info on our website, journeywomenpodcast.com, where you can also find other goodies like my favorite resources and this week's show notes. Thank you so much for journeying with me. I cannot wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.